noon vanished last night. As she slept, I was monitoring her ultradian sleep cycle. There was no REM-NREM oscillation. Instead, involuntary spasms grew progressively worse. As I was about to wake noon, her body evanesced for a split instant, then returned, calm as can be. Lacking sleep, I can't be sure I wasn't hallucinating. Yet the image of her sheets deflating is imprinted upon my mind. After yesterday's session, no less, when she claimed to hear this. The faraway drifts near. Tread long, then sink deep. Two flows from one, and here is whole again. A coincidence? Or synchronicity? Oh, is that that bloody moth again? Riddle piles upon riddle, and answers continue to elude. I'll sift through every word if I must. You're listening to The Sounds of Nightmares. An audio fiction series from the world of Little Nightmares. symptoms go beyond parasomnias. Her retellings are too detailed, her vocabulary too advanced, as if derived from the Oniric itself. However, what I find impossible to believe is that Noon's seen who you saw, Cece. If two people, without any contact, shared the exact same observation. Is it proof of transpersonal dreaming? But such implies concurrence, and these dreams are years apart. Then, no, I cannot be taken to metaphysical backwaters, sounding like my old professor. I've remained balanced over the years by clinging to the notion that my recollection of what happened years ago was wrong. But now, those memories are coming home to roost. 
before I began at the CPI, I promised to finish this apparatus. I let it fall away, convinced that attempting it was fool's work. Now struggling to put myself in her shoes, well, fool me twice. Oh! No. You're meant to wait outside. What are you working on? We've come to know each other better over the past weeks, haven't we? Because we're friends. That's why. And friends tell each other things. Friends. That's right. One of the absolutes I've come to realise is that the more time you spend with someone, the harder it becomes to hide who you really are. The only exception to this rule is with the company of oneself. We willfully hide what we'd rather not face. Like the candleman you mentioned seeing under hypnosis. I don't like that. What? Hiding things from myself. Nobody likes it. That's why it's important to reveal your inner face. Depth analysis, we call it. And so, I'd like you to think of this session as a dialogue with your unconscious mind. You are asking the questions, not me. Asking myself questions? I'll help, but as you go, I'd like you to try. So, this Candleman, did you see him again? I did. And what was this meeting like? He was much clearer. Not just him. Everything about it. My nightmare. Elaborate, please. Was it worse? More vivid? What's it like? Um... As if I'm watching a film that I'm also the star of. And when I woke, it was here, in the copy. That felt more like the dream. Hmm. More palpable. The Candleman... I can't talk about him without the rest. If this is an interview with myself, may I begin where I want? Of course. Let your imagination run. But don't be afraid to interact with the dream. This is an important step in our process, the dialogue. Bring together the divided parts of yourself. The mirror. Pardon? The one off your shelf. If I meant to speak to myself, well... Patients aren't meant to have mirrors, but here you are, my bright girl. Begin as you please. In the dark. A hand let go of mine. Opening my eyes, I lay on hot concrete, staring up at a sky with no sun. And before me was endless grey, broken by yellow lines of pain all the way to the horizon. Standing in that car park, I heard a silence, so silent. My own heartbeat was a marching drum in comparison. It was followed by a loneliness, so lonely, I could hardly bear it. 
I had to turn away. Behind me, I was glad to see a building, a shopping mall, so large I, I felt half my normal size. Its doors opened and I ran to them. Inside the promenade, the lights flicked on, one by one, greeting me as the PA speakers came alive with music. It had been ages since I'd visited a shopping centre. I didn't know where to start. You saw no need to find an exit right away? I felt like I was in good hands. But many shops were closed, though. There were no doors and no displays in the windows. Or there must have been a private entrance because I could see shadows beyond the glass. After passing by several shops this way, I grew disappointed. But that's when a cowboy's voice came over the speaker. Sale at Jujubee's Toys. Dolls, games, puzzles and more. Ground floor by the fountain. I could see that fountain in front of me. And on the other side was a bright green storefront with bubbles floating out the entrance. Shelves and shelves of wonders lined the shop. The toys on the first shelf were very old, but... Deeper shelves held the same toys I had back home, and deeper ones held exactly those I'd wished for, even little Lottie Potty. But these Lotties had black eyes, not blue, and their skin was yellow like autumn leaves. The shop owner wasn't present, so I grabbed one and began playing on the carpet. but it didn't take long for me to grow bored. That was the first time I, I felt too old for dolls. Maturity is natural as you approach adolescence. The brain loses interest in things once held dear. The idea of growing up made me sad. And as if reacting, Lottie's dress became wet. The doll was doing as its name said, but the liquid was dark and thick. I put her down to find something else, for the choices were almost too many. Towering shells extending deep in the gloom of the impossibly long shop. I settled on the games section, but most were meant for two. Suddenly, a staticky whisper said, I'll play with you. I thought it was the shopkeeper, but nobody was around. My eyes fell upon a jewellery making kit with a red necklace on the cover. I took the box back to where I left Lottie, only she was gone. The shelf above, where the other dolls had been, 
was completely empty too. I wanted to make the jewellery, I really did, but I felt weird, so I put it down. Then the PA crackled, a woman's voice this time. Jujubee's Toys is now closing. The lights shut off, bubbles stopped, and the last thing I saw before exiting was the train set crashing to a stop. The promenade was empty still. Each step echoed across the walls and floors, which were pearl white and had patterns like veins. I came to three sets of stairs, side by side, leading to the next floor. I chose one, and reaching to the top, I saw another open shop. Mademoiselle's bijouterie. Bijouterie. But regardless, you could read this. Yes. The letters were quite big. Have you been able to read in your dreams before? I'm not sure. That's not a question I would ask myself, though, Otto. Apologies. The glass case in the centre of the room pulled me in, full of gold and silver necklaces. Hanging in the middle was an enchanting red pendant. And before you ask, yes, it was just like on the box at the toy store. The PA came on again. A free gift to all little girls ten and under. Without asking, I put the necklace on, glowing like a ruby teardrop. With my gift, I set to leave, but someone must have left the speaker on because I heard arguing. Don't overdo it, said a first voice, followed by a second, one more prize can't hurt. From the back room, a rack of dresses rolled out, all exactly my size. It'd been ages since I'd been allowed to pick out my own dress. The telly people chose them for me. These ones were very pretty with lace and, and bows and stitching, but one, it, it was the plaid dress I wore the day I arrived at the copy. How could my dress be here? Your real life doesn't often mix into your dreams, Noon. Why now? Pardon? <laughs> I'm asking myself questions. Well, the only explanation is that they could see inside my head. I'm not sure that's logical. Let me finish, please. You'll see. Back out on the promenade, the shop gates began to slam shut. I was worried the mall was closing, but on the floor above, a set of spinning bright lights came on. The music stopped and the PA crackled with a sing-songy voice. 
Showtime's patrons. Our daily motion picture will begin shortly. Hot popcorn's popping and the seats away in the playhouse. The rest of them all went dark, making the lights more enticing to follow. The lobby was red from floor to ceiling. Buckets of popcorn overflowed on the concession stand. I grabbed one and hurried to push open the huge golden doors leading into the theater. Red velvet seats went for rows and rows, full of people. A spotlight hit the stage, illuminating an organ. But there was no organ player, only tall curtains swaying in some breeze. I tiptoed down the aisle and sat centered with the screen. The chair seemed to hug me, and the room felt dark as the first buttery bit hit my tongue. Without adverts or introduction, the film began. Images of trees on fire and white hooves galloping. I recognized the picture instantly because I'd seen it a hundred times. The healing horn. Only the scenes were out of order. And the unicorn. Her horn was misshapen, like a rotten tree branch. The evil prince's face too was was wrong. Feeling out of place, I I looked around. The audience, I I realized was not people but mannequins. All of a sudden, a familiar scent entered the dream. Ocean. I was no longer alone. The dusty projector light made it difficult to suss, but a few seats over was the Candleman. His eyes and mouth were deep black pits inside a mess like a wet gunny sack sagging down the floor. Without turning, he spoke. He? What? What did he say? It was like a, a voice underwater. The words could hardly escape the folds of skin. He repeated them to me. The faraway drifts near. Tread long, then sink deep. Two flows from one, and here is whole again. And then? What else? Here, here, here. He just repeated over and over. There must be more. Try, try. Interact with the dream. There was no more. Ask who he is. Ask what he wants. It doesn't work that way. You were right there. Don't tell me you did nothing. Not a damn thing. Stop. I'm beginning to doubt you've seen this candle man. Perhaps you've invented the whole story. Please stop my head. What are you doing with the mirror? You're up to something, but we'll let it slide. I know girls like you. 
you're upset with me, aren't you? Here, a pill for your headache. Earlier, that was awfully, that, that was not how friends act. Sleep has evaded me too. I've grown worried trying to, please forgive me. I'd very much like to hear the rest. I won't interrupt. You have my word. Fine. So, you were in this theatre with him? All kinds of pictures flashed on the screen. And then he was gone, leaving me alone again. Or so I thought. The projector flickered in the booth. I dashed up and found the door ajar. A new voice came over the PA, angry. No patrons in the projection room. The door was stuck, but I pushed and pushed. The PA boomed, you must not enter. The projector I saw first was shaped like a deformed eye. Then my attention fell to the mass on the floor. A brain? A heart? No. Its muscles pumped and pumped and its tubes ran into the walls. The voice came both from inside the room and over the PA. Happy day, no one. Happy day, no one. It, it knew my real nickname. The ones kids at school scribbled all over my books. Because it was in my head. I asked, You're, you're the, the one who's been talking. talking. All those voices. Then I saw countless film cans around the room and understood. It was so alone, it took to imitating. Then it said, Are you going to leave? Like all the others. I managed a... Yes. Yes. The thing began pulsing and upset. It sort of cried out. So many, they take what they want and go, or get snatched away or worse. It paused, then went on. Whatever you desire, it's yours. But I didn't want anything from it. The PL belted. The pendant! You wanted that! The pulsing worsened until another voice came within the first. You've driven another away. I felt bad for it. Or them. This place had been warped by pain and wanted so badly to keep me. Even the walls began throbbing. What could I do? I, I ran down the stairs out of the theater. On the promenade, the lights were flashing so as to be dizzying. The PA screeched, everyone needs someone. Don't leave me alone. The walls began to cry that dark, thick liquid. Pulling around me, I looked up. From the floor above, the candleman stared, pointing at my chest, at the pendant. I flung it down into the liquid, then he reached a hand toward me and, and 
all faded as the PA sobbed. Don't take her. Not this one, too. There was, um, uh, excuse me, a curious phrase, warped by pain. Is that how you feel sometimes? Noon, are you still angry with me? Or distracted by the mirror? Behind my ear, there's a sore. Is that why you wanted the mirror all along? It's like the ones I used to get. I need to see it. Nothing's there. It's red because you've been picking at it. I have one more question for myself. Why do I have these dreams? Water sickness, that's my answer. Noon, it's wiped out of your system. There have been no known reinfections. It's in your mind. But what if the cure is the cause? I never had nightmares or headaches before all of this. Before going on telly. Before, before no, no, this... No, no. Come, 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 come here, my girl. You are not sick. You're perfectly fine. You're a perfectly wonderful little girl. This time I will protect you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you were squeezing so tight and it slipped. You ask why you dream. The truth? Nobody knows. My studies always assumed they were more than the brain's way of filtering subconscious thoughts. But I had no answer either. An old professor of mine thought he did. He believed dreams came from an ever-shifting plane, a quiddity of consciousness. Quiddity. Quiddity. The essence of a thing. In this case, a semi-tangible plane outside the mind. Is it the same as mutual dreams? I don't understand. My colleagues didn't either. I flip-flopped over the years, but I figured it was impossible to prove. Will I ever get rid of them, then? Will I ever leave the copy? You must understand, you are a unique case. I want to let you go. As soon as... I'm better? Yes, as soon as you're better. Now... I know, I know. Sweets for my sweet. Do I have to go back to my room? I've got to tidy and you reminded me there's something I need to find. On you go. I'll come by later. that stained my professor's career. Kept it all these years, hoping and dreading there was truth in these words. We know now that there is no center to the universe. Previously, we thought it was the sun. 
Before that, we thought it was the Earth. Our species always insists that ours is the quintessence of experience. Yet scientific observation proves our folly ad nauseum. If geocentrism took centuries to disprove, the question is not if, but when the same will happen to reality itself. That which we are equipped to perceive may not be the only world, let alone the predominant one. Little Nightmares from Bandai Namco Europe. <laughs> 